Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Film on the Rocks has been Colorado's essential summer event for over 20 years, and there's still time for you to get involved. It's so much fun. If you've never done it before, cannot more highly recommend you catching a fun movie. They've been showing stuff all summer like GoldenEye, Independence Day, The Shining, Jurassic Park, Princess Bride. So much fun stuff. They're going through the end of August. Still time to get in there. It's $59.50 for a car. You can pack as many people in there as you want. It includes a dope snack pack with candy, it's a pop, sometimes even free packs of beer. So check out what they've got there. Or you can just get some general admission for $16, $32 for VIP at their three different amphitheater showings. Head to denverfilm.org for all of the details. That's denverfilm.org. Check it out. It really is a truly unique experience. If you've never done it before, cannot more highly recommend it for friends, family gatherings, get on out there to the Red Rocks Amphitheater, check out some fun movies. Again, you can find all the details at denverfilm.org. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Remember to use the promo code DNVR25. You'll get 25% off your entire purchase of that CBD-infused, deliciously rich, and potentially life-altering Strava Craft Coffee. I'm your host, Drew Creaseman, and the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. With me, as always, is beat writer Patrick Lyons. And on this episode, we're looking forward to the first game of the Colorado Rockies versus the Houston Astros out on the road, going to be really diving into that one. Uh, yes, Liam, seeing whether or not the Rockies can keep the the winning streak, the the momentum that they've mostly just had at home, but lately been better on the road, alive for this trip against uh, a couple of pretty good teams here. We've got some Olympic baseball on the docket for you. Always fun when we get to talk international baseball. Team USA coming away with the silver medal. We'll give you a little bit of Rockies history with regards to Team USA, which should be a, a whole lot of fun. And uh, for those of you on the live, and make sure that all of you out there are subscribed on YouTube and, and you're joining us for those, it's going to be a little bit of a two-parter. Those of you listening to the podcast, you'll just hear, you know, the next two podcasts when they come out. But if you're with us live here today, we're going to do a show, take a quick break, hit you up with another live show. So we hope you'll stick with us through that. Uh, did want to begin re- really briefly by addressing the kind of big news story that wasn't uh, almost from last night. Uh, basically, as soon as we wrapped up our live show uh, after the the wrap on Sunday, right, uh, I saw a bunch of people that had tweeted at me the, the video of uh, what seemed at first like a fan screaming a racial slur at Lewis Brinson of the Miami Marlins. And and uh, the only, one of the really the only reasons I wanted to bring this up at all is just on a personal level to remind myself and everybody of like, the diligence and vigilance of one, making sure that you're being anti-racist, but also two, following the facts and and you know being vigilant about uh, making sure you know what actually went on there. Like a lot of people, I sort of immediately reacted on Twitter and went out and said the same things everyone else was saying. Disgusting. This person should be banned for life. All that kind of stuff. And you know, as more information came out, we've actually gotten now reports this morning from the Rockies and Thomas Harding and, uh, you know, all of this stuff has been confirmed that they met with the fan, that he really was yelling for 
Rocky's mascot dinger that it wasn't, you know, that it was picked up on, on the field mics in such a way that was really unflattering. And, and it really did sound like he was saying something else. Um, but, you know, and, and now I see some people saying, should they change the name of the mascot? And this is one of those things where everybody just needs to take a big, deep breath and go, we all wanted to do the right thing in being vigilant against racism. And now we all need to do the other right thing, which is just recognize the facts of the day. We got it wrong. I mean, this thing really blew up on Twitter. This was trending nationally. There were people who aren't involved in sports who were tweeting about it. It was starting to become one of those, like, oh, are we going to see this on the news tomorrow? You know, like, um, but luckily it does seem like the facts have prevailed here. Cooler heads, hopefully. And, and you got to feel awful for this person who, didn't really do anything wrong and, and caused this whole situation. So just for me personally, it doesn't mean much, I'm sure, but I'm sorry I overreacted. Um, though, of course, my intentions were good, just like lots of other people's were. And uh, the ultimate good thing here is that it wasn't what we thought it was. That was the best possible outcome here. Um, you know, and, and what really started getting my mind going on, it was a lot of people asking, why didn't anybody else around him say something? I've been living in this community my whole life, and I know that you know, we're not perfect out here in Colorado, but I didn't believe for a second that if those people around him had heard what we all heard on on film, that's when I really started second guessing the initial reaction was no. And then it all makes sense. They heard the word he actually said. So the, the disparaging of the community that was briefly going on last night uh, was frustrating to see, too. So it's time to just everyone take a deep breath, take a step back and go. Whew. Good thing that that was a, a nothing burger and hopefully that it's all over. Right. And good thing we came the, to the resolution sooner than later. Yes. Where, like you said, on, on Twitter, a minute can feel like a lifetime and in a relatively short amount of time from last night to first thing in the morning, everything was kind of squashed. We figured out what was going on. No one was doxxed. No, no one was, was completely right. canceled for something that, we thought, hey, if this is what happened, and there are a lot of optics to suggest that that would be the case, then you know something should happen. But if not, hey, it's it's uh, I don't want to say it's easy to take a step back because at a certain point, hey, once fingers do start getting pointed and um, once names start getting out there, you can't really go back from that. But nevertheless, the community was was very vigilant on Twitter. That that same concept of hey, wouldn't have somebody in the ballpark kind of pointed this person out if they would have heard it. Well, on Twitter, everyone that that same Rockies community was like, well, wait a minute, right off the bat, this person is horrible if they if they had done that, right? So the the community, you see that reaction. It's the same thing that we saw in New York when uh, the player, uh, rather a, a fan, threw the baseball at Alex Verdugo. And Yankees fans immediately turned around and said, this was the person who did that. They, it, it was wrong. And we, right. we don't have a problem with doing that. And so um, while on one hand, you'd like to think that that could happen, you know that it doesn't always happen. That's not always the response in an instance like that. So I'm glad we got to the resolution in a relatively short amount of time. And, you know, I don't think a lot of damage was done. Any damage that was done, I, 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 I certainly feel sorry about um, I, I don't necessarily know what it is. I, I'm, I'm open to and interested in, in learning about whatever that damage may have been. Um, but at the end of the day, I, th I think the, the truth prevailed, thankfully. And, and it wasn't this scenario that we thought it was. Not the worst case scenario, just right. the scenario that it appeared to be from all fronts. Yeah. Misunderstandings happen and you've got to be able to. And I think that was the part of it where I, I like I said, why I very personally want to do, because I feel like I, I know what that feels like, not on that scale whatsoever, but to have a bunch of people believe you did or something and, and be like, I didn't, I didn't mean to do that. Uh, it's not what I was doing. So, um, but yeah, glad that was all clarified and taken care of. Let's get into some baseball now, uh, get into the Colorado Rockies going on the road. We're a two game set against the Houston Astros, uh, who, uh, again, remain right there, despite uh, my prognostications that were maybe a little bit more hopeful than, <laughs> than anything else, and uh, some of the beliefs that this team was maybe on its last rungs. And they're certainly not out in first place by a ton. They've got the Oakland Athletics right there on their tails, two games back of them in the AL West. 
But the Astros still a first place team at 66 and 46. Uh, hosting the Rockies here. The Rockies have actually managed to play well. I, I feel like this is one of the few like first place, especially like good American League teams that the Rockies have actually fared well against over the last couple of years. Uh, but none of that matters. Or some of it maybe does matter, but it's this team versus that team. Two games. Let's see what happens. Yeah, I picked Houston to win the American League West because they just had enough of those pieces that were there in 2017, 2019. Yes, we know about the cheating scandal. Yes, we also know other teams did it. So it's it's this big blur, but we know that those guys are used to winning and they know how to win, uh, even without certain supports. And there's enough of that there when you have that culture. Again, it's nothing that you can really manufacture. It's, it's nothing necessarily that you just bring one guy in and then that's that's the explosion that you need of chemistry within a clubhouse. You never know what that's going to be. But when you have a group of guys that are used to winning together, they're going to want to continue to win together and go forward. And you, be, you even saw the Cubs before they disassembled. Uh, disassembled. They were in the hunt for a while there right. in the NL Central because it was that same group of guys and you say even on a in, even in a down year, even in a year in which uh, so many of the auxiliary pieces weren't going well, they can still figure out the way to get it done. And with Granky at the at the helm of the the rotation and Altuve bouncing back and Bregman, Michael Brantley back again, resigned. Carlos Correa is going to be a free agent after this year. I yeah. uh, I expect him to probably sign a lengthy extension. It's enough pieces. Uh, they're they're doing the a Correa little bit of smoke and mirror. I that's think your, so. Your, yeah, I, I think that's that's pretty logical. I, I agree with you there. I can see a few other teams getting in on that. But there are a lot of there as we were talking yesterday. There are a lot of shortstops uh, available, and not just the stars, not just you know Baez, Correa, Story. Uh, we, we talked Corey about Seager. Uh, Corey Seager, the other big star there. Then you've got that Andrelton Simmons. You guys like Jose Iglesias. Like there's just there's just a bunch. Gregorius, I think he's going to get kicked back on the market. I think again. that's right. I've looked at Didi a little bit. I, that, that's something I'm like. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, the uh, I, I, I think you're probably right about that. I think this team does have more juice left in them than I was giving them credit for. Um, still think there's a chance here that my Oakland A's uh, can come from behind and and get this division on them uh, that they can finish strong, but. Strohs with that uh that very quality pitching man they they just have got some some pretty fantastic arms out there that are tough to go out and and compete against and um, even uh, going like in game one Jake Odorizzi is like the numbers don't or you remember a couple of years ago when we were real big in on bringing maybe bringing that guy to the Rockies and uh, he's just been one of those super consistent dudes so his numbers don't blow you away all the time but you look up and you go it's really tough to knock this guy out of a game like you know the way the Rockies have been coming out these last several and putting up a, a nine spot in an inning or a or even a four spot in an inning semi-regularly as of late like you're not going to do that against these Astros pitchers so you've got to tighten up all the other elements of the game because you're not going to go out there watch him do it but <laughs> you're not going to go out there and win 13 to 4 because you, you like these guys are too, too professional for that. Yeah, fan of his because, as you said, professional pitcher, career like number three pitcher, and there's not that many guys that can do that consistently, no. right? We know the frequency of which guys get get injured, and he was banged up last year in 2020, and um, didn't didn't make you know very many starts uh, to begin with, only had 13 innings under his belt. But just one of those kind of throwback guys that probably isn't even in the hall of very good, right? He's he's in the hall of good. Hey, remember Jake Odorizzi? Like that'll be a name that we talk about. And he's you know he's almost I think in some ways in that at least nationally. And tell me what you think of this comparison. He's almost like a John Gray, where okay, okay. he might not be an ace, but he's a guy that teams covet and say no if we can pick up this guy, whether it's short term or whatever it is like, this is a, this is a linchpin in our rotation to rely on and we can count on. And again, we've seen gray, I think go out and have more dominant starts than Odorizzi has had in his career. But I think in that same general spectrum of, you know, there, there are teams out there that 
are, are going to go after this guy. And I think when Odorizzi, you know, signed pen to paper with Houston, it was, he was betting on himself to, to do well there still in the American league. He's no. uh, hasn't spent any time in the NL. In fact, this is his first start against the Rockies. Um, but betting on himself and saying, Hey, this is a scenario in which I can, I can go out and maybe get a ring on a one year deal. So he's, yeah, we've, we've been a fan of his, him and Kyle Gibson were guys that a couple of yeah. years ago we talked about, ah, oh, man, they would fit in really nicely in the Rockies rotation when there were still a couple questions. They didn't have Gomber since Attila wasn't a surefire thing at the back end of the rotation. Right. And so, yeah, that'll be, it'll be interesting to see Odorizzi against Gray on Tuesday head to head. Yeah, I, I like that comparison. I do think that Gray has been – I think you're right that by a national consensus, they're probably seen as as roughly the same guy. And I, I do think Gray has been a bit better at times. He's been more uneven. Agreed. It's hard to compare the two because Odorizzi's calling card has been the consistency and, and Gray's been more dominant at times, striking out 16 Padres in a game. Uh, you know, the, the, the stretch he went on in the second half of 2017, where he was one of the better pitchers, I think by war in the second half of 2017, he was like fourth among national league pitchers, you know, stuff like that, where he's, he's flirted with being elite. You still have to make the course field adjustments and stuff. But at the end of the day, I would guess that their ERA pluses are about the same 109, 110 without having, I think that's about where John is. And I haven't looked at Odorizzi's ERA plus in a bit, but I would bet they're within, I'll say over, over under five, a margin of five. If we brought that up. Uh, so yeah, I, I really like the matchup. I, you know, obviously with this having been Gray's most consistent year and you're just kind of looking for that to continue. You don't need him to have dominant outings anymore. If, if this is the guy he's going to be six innings, two runs, uh, you're going to take that every single time out of him. And, and that's the, you know, the, the, the evolution of his career, tough place to pitch. Uh, the cheapest home runs in baseball are hit in Houston. People think it's Coors, but Coors is like ninth on that list. Uh, you know, so it'll be interesting to see if, if those guys can get the ball in the air or if uh, Gray and uh, Sensatella can keep the ball on the ground. But it's going to be uh, – it, sh- it should be – no, we said this in the Marlins series for the first guys. It like, should be some really interesting, fun pitching matchups. Should be some good pitching baseball with the Rockies on the road. I think we got a higher chance. I might get back to taking my unders on the DraftKings Sportsbook. So mm, yeah, very close on the ERA plus. Odorizzi, of course, uh, two years older, has about two and a half uh, more years of experience. But ERA plus actually favors John Gray over mm. Odorizzi. Gray's at 110, Odorizzi 103. Oh, yeah. The, uh, one, one other interesting number that I always find to be interesting is uh, how much money these gentlemen have earned in their career. And I think going into this season, John Gray, $16 because he's yet to reach free agency. And Jake Odorizzi, yeah. $48 million. So three times as much money than John Gray. Even yeah. though according to your A+, Gray does have the edge. So I'm always yeah. fascinated with going back and looking at players' careers and seeing how much they made. And even a you know utility infielder that hangs around for nine seasons, you go and look and you go, Thirty million dollars they made right. in their career. I will <laughs> right. never see that in my life. So, right, like, good for Jake Odorizzi for for making that happen. And you know, after this off season, I'm sure John Gray's uh, career earning numbers will go up a little bit higher. But head to head, you know, each uh, each of these guys don't have too much experience um, pitching against Houston. Uh, I think Martin Maldonado is is the one guy that has the most at bats against John Gray so far, and we're talking eight. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, like I said, I am going to hop on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place some bets on some unders. I think I, I, I think we're over the explosive offense here. I, I do think they're going to play better, but I'm going to hop on there, get some unders under the belt for sure. Uh, with the Olympics now in the book, I've got a different promo for all of you. Hopefully there's some fun college football fans out there. Uh, I, I still like going, obviously, overs, unders on strikeouts, runs scored, who's going to hit a home run, all that kind of stuff. Rarely on who's going to win the baseball game, as I've often said. You can you can try. If you've been betting on the Rockies to win at home all year, by the way, I think yeah, <laughs> you've been winning a ton of money. RK just put out the tweet, and I think they're like 21-5 and five 
uh, for at, at home. If you've been betting and like <laughs> just betting on them at home lately uh, for their, especially taking runs and overs and unders and all that kind of stuff. It's been wild. So get it all done. Uh, for those of you that are college football fans, or if not, again, these almost always land. So you don't need to really follow that closely. Download the DraftKings, uh, the top rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR to receive $200 in free bets. When you place $1 bet on any college football game, that's promo code DNVR to get your free $200 in bets instantly for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. I'm seeing August 28th as the first NCAA college football game. So until then... Unless you can bet on preseasons, we'll find out. That's what's going on right now. But if you don't want to wait that long to win some money, I've got my DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week today. It is in the Dodgers game with Max Scherzer on the hill. But it is not the Dodgers and Max Scherzer. I've got the Philadelphia Phillies winning today outright. They're plus 150 just to win. They're at home at Citizens Bank Ballpark. Love that. Coming off the high of Zach Wheeler's big start on Sunday. Roy Halladay Day, where they retired no. his number, and um, no. I think Aaron, Aaron Nola is due for a, a big bounce back. And I, again, I know it's Mad Max; he's used to pitching in that ballpark uh, as a member of the Nationals. But the the Phillies are just too hot right now. They've won eight games in a row; they're in first place in the NL East, and I don't really see them giving it back. They've got all the mojo with the the hot side young contender and Wheeler. Bryce Harper's is being mentioned a lot more now in the NL MVP race. So I think they're going to come through and uh, end the Dodgers two-game win streak. So DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week. The Phillies, Monday night over the Dodgers, plus 150. Not bad for them. I like that. The first place Philadelphia Phillies. How about that? Look at them. So, all right, good stuff. Got to like that. Also, I'll throw back a Breck Brew while watching that, seeing if the bet money rolls on in. You know, you can get your Breck Brews and your Breck Seltzers down at your local King Supers or liquor store, or you get a bigger one at the DNVR bar if you're a member of the family. Highly, highly recommend you get set up with that. Subscribe today at the DNVR.com and access to all the written content, the bigger beer, discounts on hats and shirts, access to the Discord channel. You get to come and hang out with us basically 24-7. A free shirt from the DNVR locker. Uh... All the stuff, basically all the stuff. You just get to be a member of the family, all kinds of cool stuff. And don't forget that we are hosting fantasy football down at the bar. If you want to host that, uh, yeah, you got to get in touch with us. You can call the bar or you can email, where is it? I just lost it, gm at the dnvrbar.com. Let us know if you want to come out, watch some fantasy football, hang out with everybody. Uh, you'll get couple of free pitchers of beer, one Breck, one whatever you like. Uh, we'll hook you up for bringing your party on out to us. I'm probably going to get out there for a few of those. It's been a while since I've watched Sunday football in, in a rowdy bar. And I enjoyed that at times in college and, and, and really didn't at others. Uh, but I've, I've taken I've taken a long enough sabbatical. I feel like I'm ready to go, especially if it's among our people. Again, when it's our community, the DNVR family is so welcoming, so awesome that that environment is just going to be as much as it'll be rowdy. It'll also be positive, which it really matters to me and being in public space. So I can't wait to get down there and hang out with some of y'all this fall and winter. I, I, do you think Teddy Bridgewater is worth taking a flyer on late? Ooh. Is like a last pick? Last ditch like effort. That, though I am going all in on Drew Locke this year. Okay, I mean, so I'm you're probably going to skip that because you're saying, "Hey, Locke's the uh, guy." I, I'm, you know, I'm biased. I'm pro Drews. You know, Pomeranz, Stubbs, Butera, Goodman, Locke, Breeze, Barrymore, uh, <laughs> Hill, Drew Hill. Nah, different spelling. I'm out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm pro Barrymore. Drews. So. You, you got me on the Barrymore there. I would not oh, carry that one in a million years. I don't know how I leave out an all-time Drew and carry. That's that's a bad. That's a bad swing. And well, you thing. you know what? I, I don't like losing in these fantasy drafts that we do, or just you know uh, trivia contest. You whooped me on that one because I had nothing, <laughs> I had nothing in my Drew bank. I, I had no Drews to, to <laughs> nothing, nothing throw in there. 
Barrymore is always a fun one to remember. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This counts. That is good. Yeah. I don't know who she was named after. That's short. I know that also though, like me, she's not an Andrew. That's one you know. Like some of these other ones might be Andrews. And you never know. I had a close friend in high school named Drew, but he was actually, his full name was actually Andrew. Andrew. Yeah. You got to watch out for those people. (laughs) You got to keep an eye on those people. The straight Drews we're looking for. Um, All right. So yeah, look. A little more here. <laughs> the, these aren't the Drews you're looking for. All right, let's go oh back. My goodness. All right, so Drew, does yes. Trevor, do you think Trevor's story hits any home runs hmm. at Minute Maid Park? And I bring that up because one of the stories early on in the season was hmm. this idea that, oh, yeah. oh, man, he's not hitting a lot of home runs and this, that, and the other. Look at what he would do in another ballpark, right? So he's got 12 so far yeah. this year at Minute Maid he would have 26. Son of a... And that's not even the most. The most is actually uh, Angel Stadium. Angel. He'd have 32. Um, same thing with the Yankee Stadium. But 26 in Houston, especially with that short little porch they have in left field. Do you think he's going to... I think he may hit... I think he may hit two. Yeah, and he's hot right now. Yeah. Smoking uh, hot. Yeah, I'm with you there. I, I'll probably play some units... In each game, if he hits one in each game, fine. If he just gives me one, it's still going to pay out more because those home run bets always pay out long odds. I like that. I'm with you. That is also infuriating. <laughs> that You got to make the outfield smaller. Man. <laughs> I think I've said this before. Oh, that is uh, – that's brutal. He's got 12 home runs, and in some parks, he could have 32 or 26. And obviously, you're not going to play all of your games in one park ever, right? So that's, but we like, oh, that's frustrating. Coors is 12, and the next lowest is Arizona. He would have had 15 in Arizona, then 16 in Kansas City, and then I think everything else is 21 or more. Uh, Detroit's 19. Minnesota, 21, everything else more than 21. So almost nearly double, nearly double everywhere else. That's crazy. Line drives too low. Does he keep hitting the ball off the barrier? I'm going to have to dig into this deeper because that's truly bizarre. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And it's the, the expected home runs by park is a very interesting statistic. Scroll down on any player's page on baseball savant. If you uh, happen to check that baseball savant.mlb. Dot com and you could look at that and you maybe go back and you see oh DJ LeMahieu yeah his swing was perfect for Yankee Stadium all along and there I'm sure there's some teams probably that are looking at his page right now going you know in our stadium he'd do a lot better he'd have a lot more home runs in fact mm-hmm. it, it almost seems that Coors Field is suppressing his power in yeah. many ways which it sounds crazy to to fathom and I. I hope no one isolates this clip and plays it back for me because I realize how <laughs> stupid that sounds. But it's but true. I'm looking at data, and the data says like that's every year. That's the the least amount of that's the ballpark he would have hit the least right. amount of home runs in. Well, and one of the things I've always tried to, and I've had this conversation in at least two dozen times with our guy Manny Randawa, and and he said he tends to agree that one of the biggest problems that we're having with, you know, the advanced metrics and the advanced metric community that's trying to wrap their head around what's going on at Coors Field is that most of these metrics are built to be uniform. They, they have to be, they, they have to apply across a broad base of data. That's the only way that they're reliable. And I've always held, and I think I've convinced Manny of this, that Coors Field doesn't treat everyone the same. And this is why it's difficult to get hard data on what exactly it's doing. Coors Field can at the same time suppress Trevor Story's power and increase, uh, say, some other hitter. I'm trying to think of someone who's power. The people we know who it increases their offensive profile are people like Ryan Tapia, DJ LeMayhew, uh, 
you know, when he was going well, a guy like Jonathan Daza, these guys who put the ball in play, their BABIP goes up because there's such a huge outfield out there. So much more area for the ball to fall and play. I always thought DJ LeMayhew got a ton out of playing at Coors Field on purpose, whereas Nolan Arenado got nothing out of playing at Coors Field. It impacted his offensive profile, in my opinion, zero. Uh, and I think we're kind of seeing that a little bit where, you know, in, in St. Louis, he's been basically the same player, a little bit lower batting average other than that, basically the same. And that's what's tough here because you're like, yeah, it can be suppressing Trevor Story's power, but aiding Ryan McMahon's power, you know, because Ryan Mack has that lefty swing that takes the ball into the gap the other way. And that's going to add X number of extra base hits or whatever it may be. And that's just an example. I don't know that that's, you know, happening or whatever, but that's why it's so bizarre is because you want to get a handle on it. Coors Field does X to offense. But it depends on the player, you know, and, it, and then sometimes it even depends on the season that the player is having. If Trevor was pulling the ball more, he'd probably have a lot more home runs and, and be taking advantage of Coors Field. You could argue that right now Trevor Story isn't taking advantage of Coors Field, or you could argue that he's coming under just incredibly poor luck and he just keeps hitting the ball to the spots at Coors that don't happen to give up as many home runs. Whereas in other stadium, those areas are giving up home runs. It's very, it's super interesting and, and complicated and cool. Yeah, I think I think Coors Field is just because the outfield is so large. I think that might be one of the limitations of the expectations by ballpark saying, okay, if this ball travels, you know, three ninety, that that's going to hit the Breitich barrier and is not a home run. Whereas in twelve other ballparks that may be a home run because for McMahon, the numbers are kind of similar where they're suppressing his home runs a little bit. I think he's got 13 now and maybe he should have 23 at minute made, um, which even if he was on Houston, he wouldn't be playing all of his games in minute made park. He would have still right, 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 right. be half. So there's, there's that element to it as well, which I, I find to be an, an interesting statistic and can even go back and look at some of Nolan's numbers, at least from 2019, where again, Coors field, eh, he might've had more home runs elsewhere. So, uh, it's just one of those those weird things that we have to dig into and and look into and eventually uh, an analytics maybe department from right outfield. here in your own town can figure smaller. some things out and maybe make the outfield smaller and have <laughs> a purple monster going you know all the way around and 90 degrees why yes. not not 360 not? because then you won't have box seats behind home plate <laughs> that would mark it's only 90 it's only 90 degrees. I'm telling you. The purple monster, which uh, is probably what we should call Dinger now uh, going forward anyway. So if we need to, the purple monster. The purple monster, <laughs> just to any. avoid any – oh, goodness. There's yeah, a, one of my favorite scenes in that old Aaron Sorkin show, Sports Night, before he did all the other things, and the new editor comes to them, and it's his first day, and he's put together a video package for a baseball game, some random middle-of-the-season Cubs-Marlins game, didn't have any, any – and his video package comes in and it's like seven minutes long. And the anchor is saying, dude, it's got to be a 30 second spot on the game today. We got to get through this. Give me the, give me the highlights. And whatever the guy's like showing him the first at bat, like every foul ball, because the guy eventually grounded out. And he's like, this is a routine play. And the guy says, there's nothing routine about it. He was hitting 350 in this situation against these guys. He's been getting on base all year. And the fact that they got him out in this situation meant that three innings later, you know, doing that baseball thing we love. And the anchor eventually says to him, you got to make it shorter. <laughs> he says, I don't understand what you want me to do. It's got to be shorter. <laughs> it's like, sometimes it's complicated. Sometimes it's not. What do they do? Make the outfield smaller. You got to make it smaller. Um, it's, uh, yeah. But uh, Efren saying, Rocks, four games over since June 1st. Fool's gold is still gold. Let's go, baby. <laughs> and maybe they can make it a, a complete four-game sweep because if you recall – Rockies did win two games uh, against Houston earlier in the season. I think that was even in April. Uh, 2019 and 2020, Houston won all four games. In 2015, Houston won all four games. So really, outside of 2018, when they split two and two, um, I think 2018, that was also when, if you recall, uh, as I remember that game pretty vividly, that uh, Charlie Blackman made the comment about there, there's a lot of Broncos fans in the house tonight. Oh, it, yeah, was, it was a yeah, late yeah. August game, and 
thought that was very funny. But out outside of that <clears throat> that split in 2018, it's been nothing but a series sweep going back to to 2013. Yeah. So I, I don't know if there's something to that, if that's luck. But if you want to keep going with that and saying, hey, these two teams when they play each other, you you either take it all or you get nothing. Well, that means Rockies are going to win the two games there in Minute Maid. There you go. Maybe. Maybe. <clears throat> Beefy prediction, I would say, sir. Very beefy. You know where I'm going with that. Wagyu B from Hassle Cattle Company is my absolute favorite thing right now. Just loving the Wagyu beef. If you haven't tried it before, we've got it some down at the bar. You can come down, have a burger there, try it out, start ordering some for yourself. I know you will. Maybe make a smaller order if that's what you know. You just want to try a steak, get some of the burgers, do whatever. But I promise soon you'll be just like me. Ordering over 200 bucks to get free shipping, uh, getting that promo code DMBR10 to get 10% off. Also, right now, by the way, they are giving away a $200 gift card and a cooler to one lucky winner. All you have to do is head to the DMBR Sports Twitter page, click on our link. Uh, it's in the pinned tweet. It's free. You can win money, a cooler, get notified by all their best deals, you get some fantastic stuff from them. And you should also just get some of their beef. It's really, really good uh, <laughs> the wagyu beef tastes delicious doesn't have any of the uh antibiotics hormones all that gross crap gets in your body doesn't treat the animal well doesn't treat the environment well save some money get some better tasting and better for you beef by going to hassle cattle company it's h-a-s-s-e-l-l cattlecompany.com and use a promo code dnvr10 while you're waiting for it to come in because i know you don't have any yet you got you to gotta eat today. Head on over to Illegal Pete's. Illegal Pete's, you know they're delicious. You know what they got. You're getting your house margs or your, your burritos, your burrito bowls, queso, fantastic stuff. They got happy hour three to six every day. Dollar off drafts, dollar off house and coin style margs, $20 party margaritas. They'll give you a free draft beer or house marg with purchase of an adult entree. If you show them a ticket to any same day event in Denver, in the Denver. I don't even, it didn't even necessarily say in Denver. I don't know if you went to something in Fort Collins and you happen to be in the Denver area and you've got your ticket, show it to them. Let's see what they do. They're trying to encourage everyone, you know, to get back out there in a safe way to support the community, revitalize the community. Uh, you got to love that about illegal Pete's. They could just as easily be one of these chains that kind of disappears into the whatever and nobody would probably hold them responsible for for being a better member of the community i don't think people expect chain burrito restaurants to necessarily do that but they're also kind of a family business and they pay their employees well they you know do all the they do all the stuff you love to see and so they're helping out the community if you feel like throwing down a burrito and feeling good about it illegal pizza is the best you're going to do and they've got such a great vibe in there too like they've got this community type vibe it's funny because you mentioned the one in Fort Collins that has like a rooftop deck to it. That's that's fantastic. There's one in Boulder on the hill. So again, whether you're going to a CU football game or CSU football game, there's just a good vibe there too. So get those potatoes. And you know, bug them and say, hey, do you guys have any of that Wagyu beef from Hassle Cattle Company? Let's see right. if we get the synergy going. Right? Oh man, can you imagine? That would be insane. <laughs> Uh, all right, Patrick, let's let's wrap up with a little bit of international baseball talk here. A little bit of a Olympics, as we mentioned, Team USA coming away with the silver medal. Congratulations to Japan on uh, really being the, the class of international baseball this year. Pretty clean, clean gold medal win. They beat Team USA twice. Uh, so <laughs> it's hard to take away. Really. Yeah, yeah they, they were the guys this year. But, man, uh, we've talked about it before. I think we're both big world baseball classic guys, even though. That seems to the audience is iffy on that kind of stuff. International baseball is just so much fun. And it's great to remember the just kind of purity of, of the game. Like Todd Frazier, I know, I know that was a big thing, you know, this time around. And his long story, I was reading some of those. For, this guy played in the Little League World Series or watched his entire major league career. And then he's still out there playing baseball in an international way, just Ah, talk about the dream, dude. Why why couldn't I have been Todd Frazier? <laughs> I had I had not thought of that. I, that is interesting is that this is the second championship game for all of the marbles he has played against Japan. As as an 11-year-old, 
because uh, he went back the next year. He, he did it as a, as a 12 year old as well. Yeah. One of the rare, you know, back to back World Series winner or not winner, but a uh, Little League World Series uh, competitor. So does it at 11 years old and then now at yeah. 34, yeah. <laughs> a little bit older, but has that opportunity as the leader of the team. You're right. International play has been great. I think, you know, because of the pandemic, the World Baseball Classic kind of lost some of its steam a little bit. Yeah. I think maybe even to a degree you could say that maybe the WBC has lost some steam because Team USA has finally won the gold medal. Like they won it the last time out. So you go, oh, all right, well, USA is supposed to be the best, but the fact that they can't win it and these other countries are getting the job done and you, you can see the electricity and stuff, in a way it, it becomes this you know, golden carrot that's dangled uh, in front of Americans' eyes, so to speak. And I think that, I think that can help uh, a little bit, but you're right. It's, it's so much fun and, and you get to see the different cultures kind of celebrating and see what it means um, to these nations. And it's, it's definitely something that is going to take some time to, to continue to grow because it's still relatively new. Like the first um, year that the uh, baseball was in the Olympics was 1992. Like some people right. listening to this, you know, they weren't born then yet at the same time you go, Oh, that's, that's so the, the baseball in the Olympics is as old as the Rockies. That's not very long. And no, it's, it's not. Um, there also was a period of time that we just got finished where baseball wasn't even an Olympic sport from, I think it was 2012 through 2016. So there were two years where, uh, it wasn't even a part of the Olympics anymore. We, we just got it back this past, the Olympics. So it's definitely something that's going to take time to grow. I, I think MLB saw that, that need for, you know, supporting it with the world baseball classic, filling that need. I'm not sure the next time they're supposed to have it back because uh, I think they had it in 17. So 2021, it was supposed to happen this spring. Uh, they may have moved it back to 23. I'm not sure exactly, but it's, it's definitely something that you're right is when it, when it's going down, there should be a lot more attention to. And I think that's why you saw Japan with so many of their best players over there. In fact, the, the Nippon professional baseball league, they, they've had a timeout. They're like, no, we're going all in. We're sending some of our best players. We're right. not going to have any games going up against it. We want people just focused on, on this. And you understand why MLB isn't going to do that. And that's fine. Sure. But you know what? O over time, things like that can, can make a difference. And it'll be interesting to see, if Team USA can qualify because they they didn't qualify in 2004, which sounds crazy, you'd think USA would qualify every single year. But if they can qualify for the next Olympics, you got Team USA winning the gold medal, playing America's game. It's the world's game, but it has very much become America's game and winning it in Paris. And that's that would be a, that's just going to be an interesting sight. That the Parisians mm -hmm. probably won't be big supporters of that narrative, but uh, I'm all for it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I really do love stuff like this. this is, you just gave me an interesting memory. So sorry if this sounds like a non sequitur for a minute, but I was uh, watching this. I, I really like to watch like short historical documentaries on YouTube. I watch a ton of these things about stuff I've, I've never heard about. And just yesterday I was watching something. Oh boy, see if I can remember the guy's name. Bar Sama, it was a Mongolian traveler who eventually met Marco Polo. So like in the 1200s, stick with me here. <laughs> like, what are we doing? Uh, and this guy traveled, you know, from Kublai Khan in Mongolia, like just all the way through Jerusalem and up into uh, Paris. And that's probably where my brain connected all of these dots, right? And, and but one of the things was that a certain sect of Christianity had taken hold in Mongolia without people in the West necessarily really realizing that. And this guy, um, again, I think Bama Samsur, I'm, I'm not saying it quite right, but uh, was a member of that sect. And so he shows up in the West, this totally strange looking person, totally strange customs, all of these things that are different. They, you know, can't, can't speak with anybody, but uh, through translator, they figure out he's he's a member of the same religious sect. And then they go and, and do a ceremony and they have him perform and everything is the same. 
and and everyone comes together in this moment and realize they are kindred spirits from halfway across the world in the 1200s when you know way before knowledge or information could travel around the world like that and that's what international sports does right you say oh you speak that language and you eat that thing and these things are funny to you they're not funny to me and i speak this language and i eat this stuff and this stuff but then when we go out on the baseball field oh you do the you do the same thing that we do we're doing the same thing here we are the same you and i we're a member of this same religious sect and our religion is baseball right now or whatever your sport may be the gymnastics it's an international community of people who could not be more different but also could not be more the same it it's a it's a beautiful thing and i, I yeah I can't no, that's a it. that's a that's a wonderful sentiment i love that for for this olympic team who uh comes away with the with the silver medal the I want to use the word flag bear, but I also want to use that word literally, uh, was, was Eddie Alvarez who, uh, he did actually carry the flag out for team USA or rather for the United States at the Olympics was the first baseball player to do it. But in winning a silver medal, he actually became only the seventh person to ever win two medals, uh, for the U S in, in, in different uh, Olympics. So did it in speed skating, does it in in baseball. He started, uh, every game at second base. As far as uh, Rocky's connections, uh, Jerry Weinstein uh, was the bench coach. So we we know and love Jerry Weinstein, former uh, Rockies coach and uh, minor league instructor. Scott McGuff was a name some fans will remember. I saw him pitch a bunch in Albuquerque in 2018, never made it to the Rockies, but uh, was part of the organization. And Matt Kemp, while he was not, he did not go to Japan, he was a part of the qualifiers. Former Colorado Rockies That's legend, right. Matt Kemp. That's right. And I I don't know who else he played for, but I do know he was pivotal for yeah, the Rockies. That's right. Going back before that, uh, because there was no Olympic baseball in 12 and 16, you had Dexter Fowler as a minor mm-hmm. leaguer. Brett Anderson, who was also a minor leaguer at that time before later joining the Rockies. And Casey Weathers, who was only a minor leaguer, oh, never yeah. even made it to the majors, uh, but was mm-hmm. pivotal, of course, in the famous Tyler Colvin deal. I think that's what we call it, right? The, the Tyler, Tyler Colvin deal. Trade. Yeah, right. Love it. <laughs> going back to 2000, Roy Oswalt, again, minor league player at that time. Uh, that's the only year that the, the Team USA had ever won uh, the gold medal. So uh, would later on go on to be a future Rockies. A couple international dudes. In 1996, uh, right there on American soil in Atlanta, uh, Team Cuba won the gold medal. Jose Contreras and Rolando Arroyo were on that team. They were also future Rockies players. Yeah. And then finally, 1992, these were all college guys, minor league players. Jerry Weinstein was a coach then as well. So he, <laughs> he, he represented them twice. I um, love Jerry. He, he also, I think he was like team right. Israel manager. In, yeah, he uh, did. World Baseball Classic yeah. uh, a couple yeah. times. But on that 92 team, there were four future Rockies players uh jeffrey hammonds ron valone look it up hey. charles johnson and jason giambi that's a pretty solid list of names that's pretty good i was expecting uh yeah a few more total randos but those those are some ball players yeah so close funny. to about 15 guys so if you say ah oh, well the rockies don't have anything to do with the olympics well eventually they do Right. There's not a lot of active players that then go like Scott Casimir is the only one that, you know, will most likely sign a a deal here. He was, he was released earlier in the season, but other than that, you know, it's baseball doesn't really allow for that. There were some minor league ball players uh, that were there. uh, That uh, that was a part of it. Tristan Casas was uh, one of the big ones. um, First base prospect for the Red Sox, but eventually, you know, keep your, keep your eyes on some of these guys and, you know, yeah. those stories about representing Team USA and that experience playing the other countries, sharing that religion of baseball, eventually they do come to the Rockies. They do come to Coors Field and yeah, you get to hear I, all about that. I remember it being a big deal for Dexter Fowler. I think actually even in the piece that I wrote when he was traded, this was back at Purple Row, um, I, I used the picture of him shaking hands with George W. Bush at the time. 
uh, when he had gotten named to, to be on Team USA. And I know it was a big deal for, for Fowler to have that experience a couple of years before he would make his major league debut. And, and so, yeah, for some of these guys, you know, it's, it's a really, really big deal. And they don't all go on to stardom or even solid careers, but some of them do. And that's a, it's a fun kind of note on the, on the resume, right? Like it was for Fowler. So cool walk down memory lane. That's fun. All right, folks, uh, for those of you on the YouTube live, make sure that you're hanging out with us. We're going to take a very short, like five minute break. We're going to be right back. We're going to do a little more previewing of uh, the next game in the Astros series here and talk to you about some other fun baseball stuff. In the meantime, for those of you listening to the podcast and everybody else, we appreciate you all. Make sure you're subscribed to the DNVR.com. Make sure you're following everybody on social media at Patrick D. Lyons, at Creaseman, at DNVR underscore Rockies, that you're doing all the sponsor stuff out there, eating your little good peeps and drinking your Strava Craft coffee and Breck Brew, though not together. Try not to mix those things. Remember, anytime you help out our sponsors, it really, really does help us out. So we appreciate you all for continuing to be absolutely awesome baseball fans out there. We promise that we will continue to be absolutely Patrick Lyons and Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, we will see you in the ballpark. that show put a big old smile on your face and remember that your smile should be and could be and really ought to be brought to you by our friends over at Green Mountain Dental Group. They do a fantastic job, absolute professionals, but they also know how to make it a comfortable environment for you, longtime DNVR subscribers. Well, they're subscribers too, but I mean supporters. They're huge supporters of ours going back even to the beginning, the early like BSN days. They're located just 15 minutes outside of downtown Denver in Lakewood. They'll hook you up with a free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam today. But most importantly, they really do just take great care of you. So if you need some dental work done of any kind, the first thing you should do is get in contact with our friends at Green Mountain Dental Group.